It's, uh, it's good to be back, actually. It's, been, uh, it's my first Sunday in about four weeks. And so it is good to be back in, uh, in God's house and with the family. And uh, it's, it's interesting, you, you're, your own natural family, you can't choose them. Uh, but your spiritual family, you make every single choice. And you come here and you join with people who, let's face it, in normal life, hardly any of us would ever meet in our normal walks of life. But something brings us together on a Sunday morning and through the week. And it's the family of God for what God has done for us. Let's just, um, let's just pray. Father, I just want to offer myself to you this morning. And we want to just want to offer ourselves to you this morning. And just have your way with, with your word. Um, just words that we might stumble over sometimes and feelings we can't always express. But Father, we just know that you want to have your way in this place this morning. So just speak to our hearts in your name we ask. I was talking to Chris before the uh, service. He wanted to put a title up. So it's, it's Unsung Heroes. He says, what's the name of the character? I said, well, the character doesn't have a name. The scripture doesn't tell her what, the na- what her name is. So it's just the girl with no name. And we're reading from, well, we're just going to pick up from 2 Kings verse 5. It's a very well-known story. It's a story of Naaman, the Syrian captain. Um, I'm sure many of you do know, but just in case you don't, it says, Naaman, commander of the army, the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. And I just want to just look at an unsung hero this morning. Like I said, she doesn't even have a name. She doesn't even have a name. She doesn't get that much importance in terms of the writing of the scriptures. But yet she initiated a chain reaction that transformed a man's life. You see, Naaman, what a great big man. He was a mighty man. He says he was a man of valor. He was brave. He was his king's favorite captain. He did great things. But then it says, but a leper. He was a leper. We live in a world of people who are, do great and mighty things. There's lots of people in this country who have done fantastic things, whether for themselves or for the rest of the country, or for the rest of the world. But there's something that still separates us from God. It's disease of self. And leprosy back in those days was just, and still, it still is a terrible disease today. Leprosy just meant complete devastation for your family and complete separation. You see, a leper could not live with his family. A leper had to leave his home behind. A leper had to leave his family behind. A leper even had to leave his city behind and go and live with other lepers outside of normal society. And as I look at the newspapers, as I watch the news, as I see people around me, as I work with different people, in all different circumstances, I can just see the disease that affects every single one of us. It's the disease of self. And it runs through our human nature. And guess what? It causes separation. It causes devastation. Just look at the divorce figures for the last few years. The disease of self that can just eat away. And Naaman needed a real big hand. Now, Israel at the time was under a king who didn't really know God. His, his father was, was a wicked king, and, and he, he carried on in the same way. Didn't give a second thought to God, and as, as a consequence, the country was under continued attack from Syria. It was maybe annexed, or certainly there were, there were bands of raiders. Because it says this, this girl here, the Syrians had gone out on raids and brought back a captive, a young girl from the land of Israel. So the Syrians would just roll into Israel whenever they liked, took what they wanted, 
and went back with her. In this case, it was a young girl. You see, that's what happens. When your state, when your nation doesn't follow God, then you leave yourself open to all sorts of attacks from the enemy. Whether it's the nation itself, whether it's your city, whether it's your family. If the nation is run by people who are godless, then the only thing that can happen is raids from the enemy. And fear. The king lived in fear. It shows later in the scriptures when the king of Syria sent Naaman with his, his, his gold and his silver and his clothes, the king of Israel was afraid because he couldn't heal Naaman. But this young girl, Ecclesiastes tells us, better is a poor and a wise child than an old and foolish king. Because she spoke a word to Naaman that changed his life. And this morning I want to tell you that God wants to use you as a liberator. See, Israel was subdued. This girl was a captive. Naaman himself, a conqueror, was suddenly defeated by disease. But yet this young girl, this unsung hero, became a liberator to Naaman and his family. And this morning you can be a liberator. God has appointed each and every one of us to be liberators of those who are held captive by the disease of self. Now this young girl, as, you, as you, I've already said, she was probably, I would say, between 10 and 11. That's all she was. She was a very young girl. She wasn't married. She wasn't married off, so she must have been just a, an older child maybe. But she became a maid. We don't know about her mother. We don't know about her father. We don't even know if they were still alive because she'd been captured in a raid. So maybe mum and dad were dead. Maybe she was captured as part of a trade-off to save their lives. But here we find this girl a long way from home a long way from any, anywhere, in a strange house. I don't know about you, but when, when I'm watching films with a hero, the hero always has to overcome obstacles, doesn't he, before he gets the prize, before he gets the same. For instance, Superman, it was kryptonite, wasn't it? He had to get over the kryptonite thing. And this girl here, to become a hero, she overcame three barriers. The first one was age. Now, it's very easy for any of us to say, well, I'm too young to have an impact on the people around me. Or oh, I'm too old, I've done too much in life, I'm too old. God does not set a minimum age for how you can be effective. God does set a maximum age. He just calls each and every one of us. Live a barrier with status. She said, well, I'm not important. I'm just a slave. What on earth can I say to help this guy? He's a great man. He's a mighty man. He's a king's favourite. I'm just a slave. There's no way I could possibly speak. And I believe that sometimes, I know it's true in my own life, sometimes we don't speak because we don't feel that what we've got to say is important enough. But yet, she had a word that can transform, transform a life. So she didn't let status get in the way. She said to, uh, to Naaman's wife, look, this is what I know. Nor did she let bitterness get in the way. Now, it would be quite easy for, for that girl to think, I've been captured I've been dragged away from home. He's got leprosy. Blew, he deserves it. He can go and rot. Well, that's what leprosy was. And basically, you, you, you rot whilst you live. But she didn't. She didn't let bitterness stand in the way either. And we can look around at all the things that we, we, we perceive as being wrong, as being nasty, as being wicked, as being evil. And it would be easy to say, they don't care about my God. They don't care about what I believe. Let them go rot. God has called each one, each and every one of us to give that word that transforms. She said, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. 
a word that could transform. Who better than seek advice from, than the people of God? We live in a society that's lost, that's got no answers. Send them here. It says in Corinthians that God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. See, the king of, of Syria, he sent Naaman to the king of Israel. Because he didn't have the heart of the little girl. He didn't realize that status doesn't matter. He just thought the most important person he could send Naaman to would be the king. He didn't get it. Status is it. This little girl says, send him to the prophet. I just wrote something down here when I was preparing yesterday. What people need. And I've got a little refrain. Okay? So, people need food. Send them here. People need compassion. Send them here. People need a listening ear. Send them here. People need answers. People need help with finances. People need understanding of who they are. Send them here. People need healing. Send them here. People need to experience grace. Send them here. People need to learn mercy. Send them here. You see, God has pointed every single one of us with those words that can transform. The king sent Naaman to a place where the answer was not. And there are many places in society where the answer is not. It's not to be found in the state. It's not, the answer is not to be found in the welfare system, system, as helpful as that is. And I'm sorry to say the answer is not to be found in some churches around this country. But send them here. Because I believe God is doing something in this town, in this place. And God wants to send those people here. And he's appointed you, every single one of you, to send people here. You see, community leaders need advice. Send them here. Politicians, God, they need wisdom, don't they? Send them here. People need answers. Families need help resolving conflict. Send them here. The girl sent Naaman to Elisha. God is with us, yeah? Jesus died for all of us. Did Jesus die for the Christians or did Jesus die for every single one of us? And where would I be if somebody at some point hadn't spoken that word that can transform? Now, heroes have qualities. And here are three qualities demonstrated by our unsung hero. you find most of them in, in verse 3. First of all, the sincerity. You see, this little girl did this deed. She mentioned Elisha without any thought of reward or liberation or promotion. She just said, this is the guy need to go and see. She, she was sincere. There was no underlying motive. She said, just send him to Elisha. A sincere word. The second thing was, was secure. She stated with certainty what Elisha would do. She said, send him to Elisha because he will heal him. What security she had in her God. I've been walking with God many years and there's still times now when I get unsure. And God wants to work on my life to be so secure in who he's asked me to be. And he wants you to be secure in who he's asked you to be. Faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain things we cannot see. Job says, I know my Redeemer lives. He was sure he had security. Paul said, I know who I've believed and persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed. And thirdly, it was simplicity. I've just been on, just worshiping God this morning, hearing the, the introductions and the words that have been just flying around this morning. I just think, God forgive me for the time I make this complex. 
for the times in the past I've made the Christian faith so hard to understand. Jesus went to the disciples. What did he say? Thou shalt have a degree in theology. He didn't say that. He said, follow me. And there are times we can make this so difficult. There are times we can make it so complex. But Jesus just said, follow me. The girl just said, just go and see Elisha. Just a simple word. It wasn't complex. And maybe this morning you're, you're short on confidence. You know who God is. You trust God, but you don't think you can speak. Some people don't pray in church because they think they need to have all these flowing words. It's just a simple word. Sincerity, security, and simplicity. You know, I've not really looked at the, the healing. Because I think that's secondary. Because the start of it was that simple word, that chain reaction. But what happened? There's a turnaround. We see in the word, when Naaman was asked to dip in the Jordan, he got indignant. He was pretty annoyed. He was pretty peeved. I can't dip myself in the Jordan. I don't know if you've ever been rowing on the, uh, on the River Trent. But it's stinking. Okay? And we're in a mo- we live in modern times. I wouldn't swim in the River Trent. You know, it's absolutely appalling. And Naaman had the same attitude. I cannot dip in the Jordan. What's going on? But again, with a simple word, another one from here, his servant said, well, master, if it actually do something great, you'd do it. If it asked you for a thousand Philistine scalps, you'll be off down there as quick as possible to do it for him. All he's asked you to do, simple word, is dip in the Jordan. You know what? Naaman's arrogance melted. Every day I come across arrogance. In the business world, there's, there's stacks of it. There's not a lot of humility out there. Send them here. Arrogance can be turned round into obedience. I think we need to pray for, for guys in authority of our nation, of our communities. That rather than arrogance, they have a godly view on things. Now, what impact would that have on the church if our local leaders got rid of their arrogance and focused on that simple word, that transforming word? This is the second thing that happened in them was transformation. He dipped in the Jordan seven times as instructed. And the word says he came up and his skin was like that of a young boy. It wasn't just the disease was gone. His life was completely and utterly transformed. What a testimony. He goes to the prophet covered in this horrible disease. And he goes back home with skin like a young boy. And there's thankfulness. Naaman said to Elisha, I'm not going to forget this. I am not going to forget this. And when people's lives are impacted by God, they can't forget it. There are stories sat all over this room where you knew where you were. But someone said a simple word. Your life was turned around. Your life was transformed. And you're here because you're thankful. How much more for those who aren't yet in the building? You see, this girl said a simple thing. And sometimes we don't say simple things because we try and second guess God. But a simple word. Because I don't know, even this morning, I don't know what impact my words are going to have on your life. Just the same, when you go out to work tomorrow morning, you don't have any idea what impact your words are going to have on other people's lives. But transformations can happen with just simple words. Let's pray this morning. Just say, God, just help me to say the words you want to transform people's lives. Something simple. We don't need a degree in theology, but that's all well and good. Education is great, but it's simple. Don't try second guess God, because he knows what's going on. Simple words for an unsung hero. We don't even know a name.
Let's pray. Father, I pray for myself, I'll just forgive for those times we made it complex and tried to baffle people with theology. When a simple follow me, go and see the man of God would suffice. And so, Father, just place this attitude in your, into your hands. Help us keep it simple because you want to transform lives all around us. As this church continues to grow, Lord, we look for those turnarounds, those transformations, and a place full of people worshipping you out of a thankful heart. Amen.